I can, you can, cinema, you can. I'm Kent Hill and my guest is uh, the producer of a fabulous, fabulous documentary that watched recently. Kevin Basin is the producer of the film directed by Chris Kazel. It's a fabulous documentary, Big Crow, and I'm crowing about it loudly. We would have seen uh, a film called Poop Dreams. Chris and I have talked about that. I'm familiar with it. I've never actually seen it. Okay. Which is uh, yeah. kind of silly, but Roger Ebert loved that film when it came out so much. So it was his film of the year. It was also one of his films of the decade in the nineties. This film very much brought to mind uh, Hope Dreams and and uh, right. films like Hoosiers, um, certainly underdog stories, and uh, very soulful and and personal. There's there's such a there's a there's there's two stories I feel going on parallel in in Big Crow. There's a there's a smaller story like the story of Sue Ann personally, and then there's the larger story of what her influence was in uh, in not just her community but to the you know the greater the greater world now with this documentary. I mean that it's that. Is that how you feel about it, or is it? Uh, for me, it was it was like uh, <clears throat> this onion that kept unlayering. You know, um, when I first got involved, this project has been kind of in the works for a long time. Right. It was um, it was it was Chris's love first, right. and uh, he kind of like lucky often has in life, kind of wrote me into it, and uh, <laughs> we've been involved in projects dating back to our, our teens and uh when i started i didn't know anything about indian reservations um he he called me one night he said i'm heading out to the res in the morning and did you want to come and i said sure and uh hopped in the car we drove a little subaru with the tule on the on the top out to uh south dakota and we started this uh, very long process. It's, you know, it's about eight or nine years now um, since we made our first trip to the reservation. And um, so, for me, Sue Ann's story was uh, was new to me. Um, and he found out it by reading a book. Uh, a guy named Ian Fraser wrote a book, and it, he that occupied maybe the last four chapters was kind of Sue Ann's story, kind of outlined um, yeah. her. So, uh, the, the being on the on the reservation and uh, uh, being exposed to what life was like on an Indian reservation, I had no idea, and uh, and I feel like a lot of people have no idea. So that was a kind of a uh, one of the devices of the film was to expose folks who've never been to an Indian reservation what life is actually like there. Well, um, yeah, sure, yeah, a lot of parallels to. Uh, you know, our, our contemporary life, like where I grew up in, in Michigan, um, very poor uh, and rife with issues. So you can't really understand why Sue Ann was important and why her uh, message of hope was important until you understand. And I, we hate to like to do, uh, you know, dwell on the negativity on the reservation, but you just can't understand the story unless you understand the place. 
and how hard it is to be alive there and why uh, somebody like Sue Ann is so important to those folk. Um, and, and how hard it is to, to transcend coming from there. You know, if, if, if you get successful enough to get out of there, you know, kind of like the old, the old chestnut, you know, a kid comes from a small town. He's a thousand miles from where his dreams uh, uh, are at. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's it, it, it's an age-old story sometimes too, isn't it? You know, the, the Lakota talk about it. Uh, they they use the term crabs in a bucket. So, uh, you know, when one crab tries to crawl out of the bucket, the other crabs will drag that crab back into the bucket. Mm. So you can get away storing crabs in a bucket in a very short bucket because they will just grab each other and pull each other back down. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way uh, a lot of folks out there describe. Um, it's a it's it's a weird um, like mishmash of people wanting to leave the reservation, uh, and but then you have this whole other um, group of folk who they want to leave the reservation to get an education so they can go back to the reservation and have one of the few jobs. So um, a real lack of opportunity in terms of employment out there. So the uh, um, one of the few jobs you can you can get is to work in the school system, which is federally funded and very similar to your uh, probably your and my uh, you know mm-hmm. elementary and high school. Um, uh, I mean, it was very very reminiscent of mine, I should say. At least I can't speak to Australian schooling, but um, uh, so you either work in the school system as a teacher or you work in the. Um, they do have a very limited. Um, medical field. So you're a nurse or a doctor in there. Um, you know, there are a few hospitals. Right. Um, it's a strange place. It's a, it's about the size of, of Connecticut, which is meaningless to anybody in Australia, but a very large landmass. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't even, to be honest, I say that a lot. <laughs> I don't know how big Connecticut is, but it's a huge landmass, but not very many people. Um, yeah. Anywhere between uh, 55 and 75,000 people. Um, but they, they have like one and a half grocery stores and they have, uh, you know, they've, they've got, uh, two really, um, uh, underserving, um, hospital organizations, I should say. So anyhow, the, 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 the jobs that you can, uh, obtain on the reservation require you to leave it, to go to university, to come back because you need a degree to work at these places. And there's no accredited university on on the actual reservation. So uh, it's very hoop dreams in that aspect, right? Like ball was the way to get out of the ghetto. And that's that's a frequent theme that we hear everybody talk about. One of our main characters talks about it. But their goal is to get out of the ghetto, get the education, and then go back and help, you know? And that was something we heard. You know, Sue Ann talked about that. Folks before Sue Ann had talked about that. We heard that everywhere. And we've conducted, I mean, we've been there almost a decade. And I, we've probably conducted, I don't know, 800 interviews. And yeah. you, it's crazy. You hear you hear that same story uh, over and over and over again out of these young kids' mouths, 14, 15, 16 years old. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. I want to go to school so I can become a teacher, so I can come back and help the reservation. Hmm. very consistent out of very young young people hmm. so 
an interesting place. Yeah. Uh, a very um, being on the reservations is 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 familiar, and yet it's almost like a third world version of where I grew up. Really. So it has this this version of or this um, component of familiarity, but you just walk around kind of incredulous every day about, uh, you know, the most trivial things like getting, um, uh, you know, a dentist to look at your teeth is uh, a near impossibility out there. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's just something, it's one of a, a number of hardships that the people endure and have. And, and, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the more I know about it, the more um, I just can't believe it. Right. You know, the more I learned about, I can never understand how the federal government of the United States can get away with not holding up their end of the bargain in terms of the treaties um, for these people. And uh, I didn't, I mean, I still, uh, I, it turns out you can spend your life studying this. Um, because one of my favorite scenes that we had to cut from the film, um, we were at L&I, which you've seen. It was a, it's a big basketball tournament that they invite everybody to. Uh, it's off the reservation, but it's like the Super Bowl for these kids. They love going to it. They go off to Rapid City, which is a uh, an off-reservation city uh, just north of the reservation. But um, the kids love going to L&I. It's like a week-long uh, event. It's all cultural events. They take over this big civic center, and there's a... Uh, language events it's just a celebration of lakota culture in all ways but it's mostly about basketball it's about playing basketball so it's this massive basketball tournament um so we were at l and i shooting it and at the end of the week we were just kind of we had a little downtime and we were bored and i said why don't we go interview snow cone guy there's a guy over making snow cones <clears throat> so we do and you <laughs> Your average Lakota is so rooted in, uh, you know, they talk about their storytelling traditions. Uh. And that is 100% true to this day. It is in their genes to tell a good story. It was wild and it was real off-putting at first. So uh, when you when you ask a Lakota person a question, they'll often just sit there and say nothing for uh an uncomfortably long time, upwards of, of maybe 40 seconds of just dead silence while they sit there staring. They're making eye contact with you. Just nothing. And then it's because they're formulating like this poetic, well-structured thing that's about to <laughs> pour out of their mouths. So you mostly just ask a question and then shut up and, uh, and, and film it, you know? Uh, and, and, um, so by this time, I'm I'm no stranger to this. So I, I expect an Oakland guy's gonna have something to say. What I didn't expect is that he was going to shock me when he opened his mouth. And we sat and filmed him for the next three hours. Yeah. Um he he was he was donating his time to make snow cones, and it turned out he was a a um he was a treaty lawyer for the tribe. Yeah. So he spent his life studying the history of the treaties. And uh, at times going to court and, and, and battling for the tribe. And uh, it's a very convoluted thing. There's something 300 plus different treaties that have been signed and then, and then um, you know, Trump one another. Um, 
and it's just wild when you listen to somebody who's actually educated about it talk about um like in your mind you can see how we're failing them but to understand a little bit about how this came to be and how we've justified it, it it's it's really wild yeah. that was the, that was one of the hardest things for me personally to cut from the film you know the more um the more we got um into this and started uncovering the history of it yeah. and uh, just the history of the place um you know the uh, to to <laughs> to pick and choose what you put into a you know a 90 minute documentary is oh. really difficult yeah, it's got to be tough. I mean, um, have you seen the documentary uh, Three Identical Strangers? But those three. No, I haven't. I'm sorry. Uh, I bring it up because uh, there was an interesting storytelling uh, device used in that film. I didn't knew. I didn't know anything about the story going in. That's the best place to be if you're going to watch it. Don't research it before. Just watch it because the revelation. Yeah. Uh, ten times is better when you don't know anything about yeah. it. But the device which which uh, uh, they used, which uh, I found again in Big Crow, was the um, one of the brothers. Uh, I'm going to spoil it for you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to. Well, spoil. I'm gonna just have, I'm gonna have to spoil it for you to to Okay, I don't I don't mind. To make my point. Anyway, sorry. Um, but one of the brothers is deceased, but you don't know that initially, right? Because the story's being told and you just see the two brothers, two of them, and they're telling all the story. And and it, and it was actually my wife, while we were watching it, she says, you know, we haven't seen the third brother yet. You know? And that's when it struck me. And that's when, in that part of the documentary, it reveals that he's no longer with us. Um, I found that really effectively done in Big Crow, the fact that I was waiting for, why don't they talk to Sue Ann? When are they going to interview her? And and then I started started to click with me. Everyone's talking about her in past tense. You know what I mean? It didn't strike me initially at first because I was very involved with the story. But then... They're all talking about her in past tense. And then they're very upset when they talk about her. Oh, no. Right. And I don't want to spoil the end of your documentary now or, or anything about that. But it, it it's, you know, it, it, it was, even though you, you get the sort of hints of it, it was kind of like a big, like, oh, wow. You know, so the potency of her message is because that she, she made it without actually making it, you know. She made it off the res, yeah. making it off the res, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've had, um, in the process of cutting the film, uh, it, uh, it's it gone through many variations. I think we first submitted to Sundance maybe four years ago, three years, three years, four years ago. So, anyway, we've had a, you know, I wouldn't call it polish, but a, a near-finished film several times and we've gone back and, and readjusted. So we've had her. So Sue Ann, anybody who's listening, who doesn't know this, we're not shy about, um, about touting this, but they're not touting it, but uh, about keeping it secret. But Sue Ann did pass uh, tragically at, at uh, 17 years old in uh, 1992 in a car accident with her mother. 
her mother survived and Sue Ann died in the hospital a few hours later. But um, I think that her death, you know, her mom talks about her death really being um, kind of a transcendent moment in terms of her message. And, you know, know, we haven't really talked about the film. We talked about a lot of the reservation a lot. But again, you can't understand why Sue Ann is important until you understand that place and the rampant drug use and the, uh, I mean, uh, uh, sexual abuse is super common. Um, you know, women disappearing is super common. Um, I mean, the abducted, uh, the abduction rate for um, teenage women is off the charts. I mean, off the charts. If that were happening in my hometown, they would send in FEMA. I mean, FEMA would be here, which is a, a you know a U.S. federal organization that comes in to help with natural disasters. You know, they would they would uh, they would absolutely send FEMA in. Uh, it's a pandemic of uh, women being abducted. And you're seeing that pop up in popular culture in a variety of places. There's a few films that touch on it. Um, there's a, a great series. I don't know if you've seen that Yellowstone series with uh, Kevin Costner. But uh, the spinoffs of that delve into Lakota culture and, and some of these issues on the reservations. Um, there's a show on uh, Amazon Prime. It's called Three Pines which is excellent. It deals with a lot of these themes that, um, uh, you know, the borders, boarding schools uh, and the Catholic churches uh, atrocities that happened in the forties and fifties, you know, is it, it it was part of an attempt to assimilate uh, the Lakota and and to fold them into, you know, popular white culture to just eliminate the culture. And, uh, you know, these folks had their language just beaten out of them. So, you were sent away to a boarding school with Catholic nuns. And uh, if you spoke your language, you were literally beaten. And uh, uh, today, like 4% of the people speak Lakota. So there's this great effort and this huge resurgence to bring the language back. And um, so much of the tradition and culture is rooted in the language that, um, you know, the language is super important. So now they have, um, it's very different now than the way life was 30 years ago on the reservation. You know, they're able to practice their their religion and their culture. And, um, um, you know, that's a, uh, it's, it's like the first step yeah. towards reclamation is that you're able to actually practice these things. The religious uh, practices were literally outlawed. Their dancing yeah. was outlawed, you know, their powwows. Um, anyway, I got a little off topic, but, um, Okay. Yeah, Sue Ann's message. We were talking about Sue Ann's death, and and uh, you know Sue Ann's message really was uh, it was lead a clean life. You know, we don't need these. Uh, we don't need drugs. We don't need alcohol. We don't need um, you know all this violence against each other. And and uh, she really was. Uh, she she lived that. She um, you know she would reach out. There's a lot of racism between the um, the border towns and the reservation. Yes. And the border towns and the reservations play basketball against one another. You know, those high schools are part of the same um, system. So they play against one another. Yes. And there's a great story about Sue Ann. Um, you know, they were they were mocking them at a, at a place called Lead. Um, and, uh, you know, they were doing the war hooping. And, uh, and yes. Sue Ann went out to the... 
center of the court. We showcased in this film. I wanted to do it. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I very much enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, that that story. Um, we tried to do this in the film. We we cut that story up from like five different people telling it because it's the crazy thing. When I was talking about the the storytelling, yes. so the Lakota like pride themselves on not just their ability to tell a good story, but to do it accurately. Okay. And I promise you, if you lined up twenty average white people in America and twenty average Lakota and did that telephone game where you tell a story to the first guy and then Real. the person at the end has to, you know, and you, it, it was always funny to us as kids because it would be so wildly different. But that Lakota train would be identical. They would they would tell it identically at the end because they're very true to the accurate representation of what the story was. So we heard this heard this lead story from you know, 50, 60, 70 different people. And it was always identical about how Sue Ann came out and they were war hooping the team and, and telling, you know, calling them names, they had all kinds of slurs. Um, and, you know, um, Sue Ann defiantly ran out to the center of the, of the court and, and did what's called a shawl dance. And it's a traditional Lakota uh, dance that the women do. Sue Ann was an excellent dancer. And uh, so, uh, Everybody there said it won the crowd over. Yeah. You know, it shifted. Um, it shifted the energy of the building that night. And afterwards, Sue Ann was actually Sue Ann would always stay behind and talk to people and, and greet people because she was she was kind of a star. Right. You know, she was a she was a phenomenal basketball player. And uh, so when teams would you know they would all visit with them afterwards, she would always take times. It's like you know, a major league baseball player signing autographs after the game. Like that's who she was. And she, she did that intentionally to help build, um, you know, some rapport with, um, you know, these different races and across that divide. And that, that struck me as incredibly important to talk about. And, and um, I, li I like, so I think I liked her reaction to the bus graffiti. Oh yeah. The, uh, yeah, they the Pine Ridge whores. <laughs> so they're the they're the Pine Ridge Lady Thorpes. Yeah. After after Jim Thorpe. Yeah. Uh, which is T H O R P E. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at that league game, that was the same game, and they had scratched off the the T. Uh, what would have been the T, the T and the R, or the T and the P, yeah. to make it say Pine Ridge whores. And uh, yeah, Sue Ann's reaction. The team was all gathered around, worried while she was visiting with them. You know, with the the other people. And she came back to the bus, and everybody was kind of holding their breath, waiting to hear what Sue Ann was going to say. And and I love her mom telling that story. Sue's mom telling that story is so funny because she's just like, "Come on, you whores, let's go eat. I'm hungry. Let's go eat." I love that story. Yeah, it's but uh, yeah, they tell it so well. I shouldn't I shouldn't even try to tell it because they tell it so well. But what I was talking about with the storytelling tradition is we'd heard that story of that league game. Uh, including the uh, the bus graffiti, yes. Um, and it wasn't so much graffiti as they just tore the letters off of the bus. But um, we'd heard that from so many people, and I thought, wouldn't it be funny if we told this story in the film with you know forty different people all have their little one line? You know, I we, we I, I have so much footage. I have this project is. These are five terabyte drives, and I have eight drives. That's one version of the project. So we're talking about 40 terabytes of footage, and I have 
50 different people telling me that story and they all use the exact same language and it was and so when we went to cut it up it made sense to me i was like wouldn't it be powerful if we just heard this story being told by um you know 15 different people uh there's contention over that uh, you know the the white folk on the uh, perimeter of the reservation like to discredit that story and say it never happened okay. yeah i was i was shocked by that um unfortunately uh, history is written by the winners isn't it 100 yeah uh but i was really surprised by uh that contention yeah. and we interviewed the mayor of lead hmm. and his wife well who we randomly met i'm not a very spiritual person all right uh i'm the i'm the ultimate skeptic my partner is very spiritual but i will tell you there are some times uh in the production of this thing where he would certainly tell you that sue ann was guiding us or drop something in our hands and or in our laps or, or uh was somehow uh influencing the process and we were in lead just doing some b-roll shooting of the high school and and uh, it's not far from um rapid city um and we randomly met the mayor of lead outside of his house he was just on the street and we interviewed he and his wife about the uh about that story about her doing that dance in lead and uh we ultimately ended up cutting that but it was great it was uh because they they were adamant that it did not happen. They were adamant that it did not happen. Anyhow. Funny. Anyway. But this is look, I can't say I can't say enough about it. I, I've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. This has been my favorite. It made me cry. So there you go. There you're you're on a very short list of films that have made me weep. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Very short list. Uh, where can where where's the best place that uh, our listeners can find Big Crow? Uh, best place Apple TV. Apple TV. Apple TV and uh, uh, Amazon are the the two number one places to see it right now. And uh, and since it's uh, since it's been out and around, the reaction has been, I hope, uh, extraordinary. It's been really good. Um, people have been, uh, we've been in contact with so many different folks. Um, it's surprising how ubiquitous her reach was and how um, uh, uh, we, we've been contacted by a lot of scholars right. who, um, you know, teaching at universities around the, around the country um in native programs and they want to include um big crow as part of their curriculum um they they i mean they feel like she was that important and um so do a lot of other people i mean there's a lot of comparisons to um you know some of those leaders the the uh which is you know uh, i mean to compare yourself to crazy horses Hmm. uh kind of wild but or sitting bull um you know these these uh, incredible leaders of, of the Lakota past but uh you hear that very often with her she would have been here's the thing she died at 17 she would have gone on to play big 10 college basketball yeah. i think 
And I also think, um, I think should be a, a U.S. senator right now. I really do. I think that's what we lost when we lost Sue Ann Bigrew. So um, I really believe that. And I think that as she inspires, uh, I mean, it's wild. It's not like everybody, she died 30 years ago. Right. It's not like everybody 40 and up knows about Sue Ann Bigrew. Right. Eight-year-old little girls playing ball out in the yard know about Sue Ann Bigrew. You know, it it is it, it, she really does continue to, um, you know, her mom talks about her death is what kind of made her a martyr. It, it kind of uh, um, made her legendary for sure. Yes, I I heartily sure. agree. I heartily agree. And Kevin. Thank you for very much uh, for being on the show today. www.bigcrowfilm.com is where you can find out more information. Of course, go to uh, Amazon. What was the other one? I iMovies, did you say, Kevin? Uh, Apple TV. Apple TV, sorry. Apple TV, Amazon. Big Crow is the film, the story of Sue Ann Big Crow. It is, it is incredibly moving. It is incredibly inspiring. It is a absolute must-see, and I'm very, very glad to have had uh, the producer on with me today kevin thank you very much thank you for bringing this film to the world and to cinema awesome. thank you Kevin. good morning you, mate. have a good rest of the day hey eh?